There is nothing that the enemy can throw that God's love can't penetrate, that he can't get through it. That's why his love is so unbelievable, undeniable, because there is nothing. It has no bounds. Nothing can stop it. And if it wants to get there, you know what sends you to hell? It's not your sins. It's the rejection of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. That's the one thing that can deny his love is that he would move mountains to get to you. If you want 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in your life, then come in agreement that God loves you and that he died for you and that he resurrected for you. And when you come in agreement with that, the salvation that happens in your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to make you a new creation. And as you become a new creation, God starts to use you and you can be patient in love. Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. Well, amen. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I am uh, Cade Morrison. I am the Connections Pastor here. And so get the fortunate enough opportunity as Jeff has let several of us uh, share. And so I'm the last to go before he goes again next week. And so I'm uh, very thankful for the opportunity to be before you um, and be able to speak. Um, and so I got the topic of love and my wife is in the house, so I better not jack it up, right? And so I better be on point, right? Uh, when it comes to this. And so during this Advent season, we've been taking these four words uh, and just tearing them apart. Tommy uh, and Mark uh, both did their words. And so just super excited to be able to present the gospel through the aspect of love today. And so if you want uh, a sermon title today, it would be The Vantage of Love, uh, The Vantage Point of Love. And so I, I, I'm gonna try to, I just kicked my orange juice. I'm sorry, it's not a smooth ways to start. I, I, I tried to make sure today um, that we, I didn't just talk about love in the way that I wanted to talk about love. I think the Lord has established something um, in the aspect of love that to me can continue to be discovered for our whole life, amen? It's like this, this, this page that you turn and you think that you've got it figured out and then there's just a whole nother piece of it that continues to unfold in your life, amen? It's one of the, the best things about love is I think it can ever increase and grow and we can just continue to gain knowledge towards it and gain affection and passion towards it. And especially when we start to understand God's love for us, amen, um, in that. And so if you got your scripture today, I'm gonna be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And what I mean by the vantage point of love is if you look at the, definition of vantage point, it's a, it's a position from which you watch something. Every one of you has a place that you've learned or been taught what love is or where love comes from. You have a vantage point. Some of you have a vantage point that, health, that was healthy. Some of you had a vantage point that was unhealthy. Amen? You didn't have maybe a, a dad or a mom that was teaching you. Maybe you did have that. Uh, that was teaching that, that maybe in an incorrect way and you just saw corruption and you saw uh, all kinds of um, grief and horrible things and maybe you saw abuse. Uh, everybody has a different vantage point of love in their, at their life. Everybody does. Everybody in the room, some of you've got a healthy vantage point of it. You've seen what real love looks like and what it means to, to love your kids uh, in the way that Christ has called you to love your kids. Some of you have had that displayed for you. And some of you still feel like I, I had an unfair advantage 
from the get-go because I didn't have what that person had, and so therefore I can't have an equal life to what they did because they were more blessed to be in the family that they were, and, and we think that there's this vantage point uh, from a world's perspective that if I was just them or if I just had that, then it would change everything. And I want you to understand, when you have a vantage point from God's love, that's where we're all equal. That's where we're all equal. And so many of us want to establish and think if it was just this way, if I had it this way, then it would have been different for me. And I want you to know that God works through all things for the good of those who love him. He works through all things. So the world likes to make us feel like we are at a disadvantage when our vantage point is different than somebody's el somebody else's and we're behind. And I want you to know, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So the vantage point from the cross for each of us is what? Of love is equal. So the moment we start to discover that God loves us, it's a foundational principle that can propel us through the worst vantage point. No matter what has happened to us in our life, no matter what has taken place in our life, no matter if it's been good, I've seen people that have a good vantage point of love and don't take advantage of it and therefore mess all kinds of things up in their life. I've seen people in the most awful vantage point of love and discover who God is and it propels them to a place that they would have never gotten if the foundation of God's love had not been awakened in their heart. It's crucial to understand the vantage point of how you learned love, how you display it, how you do those things, how God's love was revealed to you. If it's never been revealed to you, you can't love your wife in the way that you need your love. You can't love your kids. You can't love people. You can't do things that you need to do in a healthy way apart from God's love. How do you know that? Because God is love. The Bible establishes that. And if he's love, anything outside of that vantage point from him has too much of us attached to it and therefore it gets perverted to some degree, amen? Whether it be idolatry, we love somebody to the degree to where we worship them. We think marriage or marrying somebody or having kids or having this complete life, it's gonna bring this aspect of love and this vantage point to us and I want you to know, the vantage point of love that's gonna bring everything to completion in your, in your life is the day that you die and accept Christ. Your death is the vantage point that everyone needs in here to be on equal turf to understand what God's doing, why he's allowed to happen, certain things to happen in your life. All of us need that vantage point of Jesus and his love for you. He loved us first. We didn't love him first. Amen? And so as you think about that, think about how you were taught to love. Think about what you're doing with love at this point and God's love in that. What are you doing with God's love in your life at this point? Is it something that you're constantly aware of? Is it something that you are using at a vantage point? Are you using it as something? Are you using it as a position to position yourself for people to love people through God's love in your heart? Amen? This is what we're called to do as believers. So I told you my wife's in the house today, and so I had to ask permission to tell this next story to make sure I was clear and good. Um, but my wife, growing up, had a thing called infantigo. 
Uh, if you know what that is, it's where there's, it can happen through strep, it can happen through different things. I'm not a doctor, but it's where bacteria kind of manifest itself on the outside of your mouth and it can cause sores, can eventually cause scarring. And there is this picture, uh, I told you, uh, it, there's this picture of Jenna growing up when she was little and she is, um, has infantigo on her face. Um, her teeth were probably not in the place that she would desire them to be. Um, at this point, Chris is laughing because I'm being careful with these things, right? Um, her dress matched very much so the way that she felt about herself at that point in her life. Her hair was not where she would have liked it to be or any of those type of things. And there is this broken little girl in this picture with, with, with this on her face. And there's this thing in me as a husband that I desire. Uh, it's one of the hardest photos for my wife to look at. But as a husband, I, I want to go back and I want to go to that little girl in a romantic way. And I want to go through a teleport of time and be able to tell that little girl how much God loves her and to punch anyone else who says anything otherwise. That's what, that's what I want to go do. When I see that photo and I see what it does to my wife when she looks at that photo and the crushing that takes place in that, I, I want to go back and I just want to kill everybody that did anything in that photo. Like, it, that's just the man part in you, you know? The rescue, you want to go do those things. But we've got to understand this also. But there's another side of the photo that God was coming to redeem. That God was coming to redeem and everything that she would go through and she would feel from that moment until now, he was going to use for his glory. So see, we wished in God's love, he would just take things from us. No, I don't. If, if he said, hey, here, here's the advantage that I want to give your kids. They're not going to go through anything and they're just going to have this perfect life. How would they learn the value of Christ himself? So we have these moments in our life and some of these moments we get stealed and we get stopped and, and we don't move forward in those things because we don't have a proper view of how much God loves us. See, in a way, I can't teleport myself back to that moment. I can't go back to that moment to rescue that little girl. But there is the gospel and God in his love, it's boundless. It can go to the past. It can go to the present. It can go to the future. So one of my favorite things about God's love is he has been with that little girl since the beginning of time until now, amen? And he's been pursuing, he's been doing everything he can to let her know how much he loves her and all that's required. Are you listening? Look at your life. Look at your life and the things that are happening. All that's required in that moment is just to believe God at his word just to believe that he really loves me. And if we will believe that God loves us, the things that we will walk out of, that we will walk away from, and the things that, if we'll just take his hand, God will do incredible things from that vantage point of him taking you away from that. And there will be a moment in time to where you won't regret those things of the past. You won't regret these things. If you could change them, sure. But you'll look back on these things and you look back on that photo me rescuing her would have done nothing compared to what God was going to do from here till then. Amen? 
And so that vantage point of love, love is such a teacher. When we, when we believe God in that moment, when she believes God in those moments and continues to walk forward in her life and to be who she is, and at 19 years old in Lubbock, Texas, surrender the Lord in a front yard and comes to Jesus, God remembers all of those things. I give you that picture because I want you to understand something in that. We have fallen into the trap that the world is against us. And when we think that, we become victims. We become victims. And either we have forgotten or we need to discover that God loves us. He loves us at our worst. He loves us in the middle. He loves us at the, at the best. He loves us and there is nothing in that track of time where you can get more of his love in any of those phases of your life. Whether you're cleaned up or you're the dirtiest person, he loves you as much as he's gonna love you right now. That's what's offered in his love. It's unconditional. It's right. It's true. It's good. And when you look at the birth of Christ, when we look at the birth and we think about God's love, I wanna read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 if you wanna go there. A lot of you know this verse, this passage of scripture. I'm going to read it because I think it's important when we look at the birthplace of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. If I give all possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, church. Love is kind, church. It does not envy, church. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices with the truth. Amen? It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Verse eight, love never fails. Woo! Some of you, we read this passage of scripture and we think, oh man, that's so good. But we don't think in the moments of like your life and what that photo that I gave you of my wife, we don't think about the cost and we can't count up the cost of what it's going to mean to come to know Christ and his great love, amen? We can't, we can't add up the cost in that. And I want you to know what's so valuable about God himself is that he's already counted all the cost. We can't, we, Jenna can't see from here till then. God prophesies in part, amen? And when he spoke her name, he knew her since the beginning. He created her. He knew he would, she would go through all of those things. He knew all of those things would take place. God's already counted the cost. And you know what he's doing? Why that is so unfathomable? It means that everything that's going to try to stop the love of Jesus coming your way, he's found a way through it. Golly, that's the best. There is nothing that the enemy can throw that God's love can't penetrate that he can't get through it. That's why his love is so unbelievable, undeniable, because there is nothing, it has no bounds. Nothing can stop it. And if it wants to get there, you know what sends you to hell? It's not your sins, it's the rejection of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. 
That's the one thing that can deny his love is that he would move mountains to get to you. If you want 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in your life, then come in agreement that God loves you and that he died for you and that he resurrected for you. And when you come agreement with that, the salvation that happens in your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to make you a new creation. And as you become a new creation, God starts to use you and you can be patient in love. Amen? You can be all the things that you need to be in love. All of those things. God is so, so efficient and good with his love. His love is patient. His love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. You can operate in something bigger than just yourself and bigger than just the tragedies that have happened in your life. That's why it's so sweet and good. Jenna couldn't count the cost, but God already counted the cost. He already knew. When you look at the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ was a place that we couldn't count the cost. We couldn't look at that and think, how is God going to do something in a way that he was going to? He's going to take an innocent baby that has no way to defend itself, and he's going to change the world and flip the world upside down through that baby. How is he going to do that? It's because his love is boundless. His love can go any place that it needs to go. It can call on the birds of the air. It can call on the beast of the ground. It can call on any human heart, whether good, bad, or indifferent. He is playing chess, and he's already won. The world is his. And the more that we understand, he's been given the enemy, prince of darkness. He's given him reign. But I want to tell you, the cross is where it got finished. And when Jesus walked up out of the grave, he can do anything he can to get his love to you. And he will use every effort to get to you. If you don't think he loves you, then you've missed it. He loves you. He loves you with everything that he has, and he'll do anything he can to get to you. He's already counted the cost. The birth of Christ was a place we couldn't count the cost, but God counted it all. We couldn't see the journey of running away from King Herod's death sentence on Jesus's life. We couldn't see that journey when we're looking at that, when they were living that moment. But God did, amen? God saw it all. We couldn't see the murder of many Hebrew baby boys for the sake of Christ to come about, but God saw it and he still pushed it through because he loves you, amen? He saw it. He saw what it was gonna count and what it was gonna cost. He saw it. It was gonna cost people their lives but he did it because he wants you. That's how much he loves us. God saw it and he did it, amen? We couldn't see the 30 years in Nazareth, the popularity, the scandal, the persecution, the hatred, but God saw it and he let it happen to his son. Because why? Because he loves you. He loves you and he wants to get to you. We couldn't see the unfathomable violence of the cross and the cat of nine tails and the crown of thorns. We couldn't see the weight of the world and the nails and the thorns and the blood of the cross, but God saw it all and he still came for you. He saw it all. He already counted it all. We couldn't see any of those things. We wouldn't have done what he's done to get you to understand that he loves you. He loves you. The vantage point of God is the central point 
of all time and eternity. This is what I just told you. The cross and the resurrection and what happened with Jesus is the vantage point that all of us need to understand. And it's the central point of all things that are happening in all of eternity that Jesus is Lord and he is king and he's coming back for his bride. This is where all things are wrapping around. And the foundation of it is God's love for you. Everything he's doing is for us to understand that he loves us. Amen? It's God's love story to you, church. It's his love story to you. When you read the foundational principles of love and what it produces in our life, when we understand that God loves you and what it can propel us to do and what it can propel us to overcome in our life, it's the best thing that has ever hit this earth. And it makes you more thankful in this Christmas season that Jesus came, amen? And then he dwelt among us, Emmanuel, right? That he was with us. And as he's dwelt among us and with us, golly, he can relate to us, amen? He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're feeling. And there's nothing more relatable than a God that knows what we're going through. Amen? Turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1. I told you what propels and what's required of us is that when God comes for us and he reveals himself to us, the thing that is required is belief. And you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, we're gonna read through 4. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The best thing you can do is start to understand this. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and you look at this, you, if love never fails and it conquers all, then to me, the first thing I want you to understand is that God's love is a weapon. Woo! You got a teenager that's running? Get on your knees and ask God to go get him. Ask him. God's love is a weapon. It can penetrate our future, our past, our present. It can go wherever it needs to go in ways that your human hands can't go. You've got to understand as parents, the best thing that you can, you can do for your kids is not pro just provide for them. Give them things, give them shelter, give them all of those things. The best thing that you can do for your kids is for them to discover the way that you love them is because you understood that God loved you first. They need to understand, why do you love me like this? It's because God loves me. And because God loves me, I can love you in the way that I need to love you at your worst. You raising teenagers right now? You need to hear that, right? You can have grace in those moments when God 
you have a proper understanding that my job as a parent is not to just provide all these opportunities, spend all of this money, not to just provide all of these different things, but my greatest job as a parent is for that kid to understand that God loves them in the way that I raised them. I want them to have an understanding of who Christ is. And I want that to happen through my actions as a believer, amen? And I want my kids to discover who God is through my action in my life. It's important as a parent, it's important to understand that's the greatest weapon that we carry in our communities and the things that we do in the job placement that we're in and the opportunities that we have, whether we're young or old, God loves you and therefore you should love other people out of that. God's love is a weapon. It's a weapon. If it conquers all, I'm telling you, it's a weapon. It can be used in the right advantage point. But then you look at things like this and you look in Luke chapter 14, you don't have to turn there. Jesus is traveling and he says this in this part. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. We love 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We love 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 4. But then Jesus drops things like this, like, hey, if you don't hate your mother, your brother, your sister, everybody that you're connected with, you don't hate them, you can't be my disciple. Wait, I think, I think Jesus was just a little tired on his journey. He didn't really mean that. I think he misspoke to some degree. He didn't misspeak. What is he saying in that? Because I think relationship is so valuable to Jesus, Amen but he's telling me that I need to hate my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters. I need, I need to hate, oh, and I can't be his disciple if I don't have this in my heart and I don't have these things. Well, I think you gotta look at it of what Jesus really said, right? Well, he just got ahead of himself. No, he did not. He's saying something very specific here. What Jesus is saying is Jesus said, there is no other relationship in your life that should become before me. Shouldn't come before me. Because your kids, they'll milk every bit of that Jesus out of you and try to get you to walk the other direction. You know what your kids need? They need you to love Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And they don't need you to shift from that. They're master manipulators, amen? They don't need you to shift. Your husband doesn't need you to shift from that. Your wife doesn't need you to shift from that. You need to stay centered on God's love, Amen? Stay centered. No other relationship is going to get between me and him. Amen? And if that devotion is correct, it's amazing what will happen in your life out of that. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this. God is looking to build his enterprise. Amen? And he's looking to do it through you and me. He's looking to build his kingdom and he wants to build it. But if there's not true devotion, if there's not true death and he is not the most important thing in your life, it's going to be hard to really become a disciple of his. You're gonna be like the waves, tossing and turning. And you're gonna be more aware of the chaos than you are the Christ that's in it with you. God did not say that you would not suffer, that you would not have trouble. He did not say those things. But he said, fear not because I've overcome the world and I'll be with you in it. I'll be with you in those things. Your love for him has to go far beyond just these closest relationships on earth. It has to go far beyond just that. 
Too many people have entrenched themselves in the wrong vantage point of love. We live for our kids, our jobs, our possessions, our accomplishments, sports, etc. We live for all these other things and then our vantage point becomes very low and we don't understand why we feel so unsatisfied at the end of those things. And some of you are like, well, he's gonna tell me I'm an awful person next in this next line. No, I wanna tell you this. God is not against all of the things that I just said. God is not against all of those things that I just listed. But if you're not carrying your cross through those things, then you're missing out on what it means to be a disciple. You're missing out. There are things that God has gifted you with and given you and your kids in this journey that we call life. But if you're not carrying your cross, if God's devotion is not in the middle of that and his love for you is not propelling those things, then you've got to take a look at your life and you've got to get your priorities right. Amen? You can do lots of things. God wants you to go after this life. He wants complete devotion, though. He wants devoted believers and followers that will do whatever it takes. You ever read the story of Abraham and Isaac? That's another one of those stories I'm like, God, you sure you know what you're doing? He puts Abraham, he tells Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac on the altar. He has to go gather his own wood and do all these things. And it, I mean, he's going to do it. Abraham's going to do it. If God comes to me and asks me for one of my kids, I'm going to have to have like a week to decide whether or not that's God or I'm crazy. Abraham does it right off the bat. This is the devotion that God is looking for. Because if you think you can provide something for your kid apart from him, then you're missing out on what he's calling you to really do. Your kid needs you to be in love with Jesus. Your wife needs you to be in love with Jesus. Your husband needs you to be in love with Jesus. He needs you to have an understanding of who Christ is because it is the thing that has no bounds. And when God's love is displayed, something is always happening because God's love is a weapon. Amen? It's a weapon. Sorry, my sheet's sticking together. Wasn't a very smooth transition, my bad. So when you think about these passages and what I just read and the things, when we look at one through four and you think about Luke 14 where he says those things, to hate your brothers and sisters and all you're thinking about is the strict conditions. Well, those are some strict conditions and the cost within that scripture. You're thinking about the cost. Then you're missing out on the, on the mystery of what it means to follow Christ, Amen. Those scriptures are not just about strict conditions. They're not just about the cost. They're not just about those things. God is propelling you. And if you will chase the mystery of Christ, you won't die within the lies of the enemy. Amen? And you won't have this world where you walk your whole life and you don't really live for him. God wants you to produce fruit. He wants you to produce things in your life. It is difficult to build the kingdom in your life if it's not costing you something. It's difficult to build something if it's not costing you something. You have to build off of God's love for you to be able to make any kind of difference in anyone. You have to have an understanding that God loves you. And when you understand that, you start to want to make a difference in other people's lives and not just hold on to it. There are difficult circumstances as I look across the room 
There are different difficult things that are happening in people's lives. But if we view so many of these from, things from our salvation, then we'll be able to find God's will in the chaos, amen? We'll be able to find God's will in the chaos. Your salvation is meant to be a place that you continue to return to because when things come for you, when difficult circumstances come, you have to remember that God loves you. He redeems you. He placed you. He called your name. You're sealed. You are secure. Amen? In those things, no matter what happens in this life, because you need to understand this. Everybody's going to face death in this life. It's coming for all of us. But how we live and how we choose to live in the midst of those things is what ultimately matters here on this earth. Romans 12 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, when you, in view of God's mercy, when you look at your salvation, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing perfect will. When we go to our salvation as a source, as a resource, and we reset and we understand, okay, I gotta move forward in this difficult circumstance, we will be able to what? Test and approve what God's will is. And God will go with us in that. Scripture is meant to be in your life to build you up, not to break you and hurt you and wound you and do all of those things. It's meant to build you up. That's why God released his word and that's why God has given that. Second thing is this, God's love has eternal power. It has eternal power. It's such a powerful thing to understand that God's love is in all things, it's in eternity, it's, it has no measurement of time. It's eternal. And so as we go through things, as we look at things, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18 says this, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed by, day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, amen? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That means when cancer comes, golly, when it comes, that means when sickness comes, that, when me, that means when a car accident comes, that means when tragedy comes, you have to remember this church. You have to remember that God is doing something in the midst of it because his love is not bound to death, amen? It's not bound to that single strategy. You know what it's bound to? It's bound to him getting glory through all of those things that happen in our life. It, in these, these, these momentary, these light and momentary troubles are nothing compared to what he's ultimately doing, amen? Even though the weight of the world feels like it comes through some of those things in our life, the moment we start to understand, if God loves me, he's going to use me no matter what takes place in this. No matter what takes place. And we know that all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, amen? He, he works them all together. Here's the cr crucial part of that scripture that nobody really reads. Who have been called according to his purpose. 
You always hear that verse and you don't hear that, you don't hear that end part. See, you've got plans and you've got how many days that you would want in your life. And if I get this many days and this many times that I get to be and I get to live till I'm 90 years old, then I got my life set. God, if you'll just do these things and you put these standards on your life. At 26, I didn't want type 1 diabetes, but it came. It's not my blueprint. When I read Romans, I understand that God loves me and he can work through all things, but I, I gotta understand this, the back half of that scripture, according to his purpose. Oh, does that mean my days could be shorter? Might mean that. But if I dwell on what I'm losing, I forget that he's already counted. Oh, come on. He's already counted it. He already has my days numbered. There's nothing that's going to happen in my life that he's not in control of. Come on. It's not your purpose, it's his. And if we let death steal from us, if we think guarding our lives to a degree to where we've got to have this much and this many days, your whole life, you died when you accepted Christ. And whatever that means, if you suffer, if you go through things, God wants to use you to glorify himself. That's part of the Christian life, according to his purpose, amen? Not just yours. But let me say this to you. Some things that he will do will not include my blueprint that I have drawn out for my life. But let me assure you once again that if we believe that God's love endures forever as scripture continues to tell us that it does, then that means that I will have victory in Christ, whether I am breathing on earth or I'm taking my first breath in heaven. God's love is boundless, church. There isn't a place that it cannot reach. There isn't a mistake that it cannot redeem, amen? And there isn't a sickness that can claim its victory over our lives in Christ Jesus. And there isn't a sting in death that he can't resurrect. That's the love of God. It's not according to you. It's according to his purpose with your life. And the more we can understand and the more that we can die and we can decrease so that he might increase, the more our life is going to have meaning as we are here. The more you fall in love with him, the more you devote yourself to him, the more he is going to use your life. When we have the right vantage point of the atonement of the cross, we will have the opportunity to take hold of the advantage of God's power in our lives through his resurrection. And the last thing is this, God's love finishes what it started. Amen? God's love will finish what it started. And Adrian Rogers says this. I think it's such a good quote by him. It says, God does not change us in order to love us. He loves us in order to change us. Whew. I'm gonna read that again. God's love does not change us in order, or God does not change us in order to love us. He loves us in order to change us. 
God's love will always finish what it starts. He's invested in each of you. And I want to I want to give you a warning. It's the only warning that I want to give you today. Out of God's love is all that you're building right now. Your little enterprise and the things that you're doing at your home and your business and your life and where you're spending your time, the things that you're doing. You can come here and you can get a check mark. You can be a good tither. You can come and do all those things. You can do all these things in your life. But I want to tell you something. All that you're building will be inspected by God himself. He is watching you, church. He's not watching you with a ruler up in the air to slap you. He's watching you, asking you, will you come closer? Will you draw near to my love? Because if I can just have a little bit more of you, it's going to be incredible, the journey that we will go on. I know you, you didn't have a good dad, but I was, I'm a good dad. Talk to me about it. I know you don't have, I know you don't have to love your kids right because you've never been taught that. Talk to me about it and I'll show you how to love your kids. All that we're building will be inspected by God. And here's the result of that. And I want to end on this because I think scripture is powerful. All the result, if you will let God love you and therefore you love him, here's the result of that. Our love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction, amen? Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to eat. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's a result if we would just love and be the church that God's called us to be. Be who God's called you to be. Amen, church? Love people. Let God love you. And if he's never called your name and you've never been in agreement with him and said, God, do you really love me? Can you really love all of my sin and the things that have happened to me? I promise you, there's going to be people up here that would love to lead you to the love of Christ and have you confess Jesus for today. Maybe it's been a while since you as a married couple has even prayed together. You're trying to love each other and you're trying to do it without God's love in the middle of it. You can't love each other without him. Maybe you got a kid that's running and it's breaking your heart. 
You don't know what to do with it. And you're afraid if you come to God, he may not answer. I want to tell you, God will answer. It doesn't mean that the journey home is going to look maybe the way you want it, but he will do it according to his purpose. Amen. Maybe you got a childhood thing, tragedy that's happened in your life that's awful, that's terrible, that has prevented you from really embracing all that God wants to do in your life. And all you need to do is let him love you in that moment and let you see him go to your past and get you out of that because I promise you, he was there. And you can give that to him and you can walk away and you can forgive that situation and that person and you can walk away from that tragedy in his love because God's love is boundless, church. Stand with us. Jesus, we, I just want to confess that I love you. But there's been many times in my life that my action and my feet have not followed that statement. And I thank you that despite all the things that I've ever done that have fallen short, you have made up for those things in your grace and your great love for us. I pray that anybody in the room today that just needs that simple understanding that God loves them, that they would come and they would give whatever hurts, whatever ails, whatever's seeking their attention right now to distract them from your plan and your purpose for their life, God. Whether it be sickness, whether it be cancer, whether it be a, a, a divorce, marriage problems, whether it be a running teenager, a prodigal son, daughter, God, I pray that people would understand that your love is the answer to those things. Thank you so much, Jesus, for crawling to the cross. Thank you so much to Mary and Joseph and all the people that have carried the gospel up until this point to get it to us so that we could understand for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but they will have everlasting life. Thank you for people that have fought in the front lines of God's love. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland Online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word PRAY to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, and if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face to face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 1030 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com and plan that visit. And we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day.